0: The word that the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit was, you're going to have to fight for it. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. You're going to have to fight for it. I wrote a book called Fight the Good Fight. It's a 40-day devotional based on Paul's instructions to Timothy in First and Second Timothy. And I was stunned as I began to write this book as I began to, to talk with people and I've walked with people and discipled men and women, how many believers, I'm talking Christians, I'm talking people that say they have faith in Christ and they try to live a biblical life, that are completely ignorant of the warfare and the fight in the spiritual realm that is going on in their lives. We live ignorant of the devil's schemes, but how many of you know that God wants something better for you and I? Not only does He want to make us aware of Satan's schemes to destroy us, He wants to equip us and give us strategy so that we can fight back. So I want to exhort every person in this room that you are going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to contend and learn how to war, otherwise you will become a casualty of war. People are losing their faith every day. Give it some time and life is difficult and trial will come upon you and testing will happen and you will experience whether or not your faith is founded upon the rock of Christ Jesus. Every single person must go through these things because it's a part of life on a fallen planet. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to contend. I want you to realize that you are in a fight. You are in a fight to walk with Christ. If you have named the name of Jesus, if you have sought to live for Him, there is a work of hell that wants to rise against you and defeat you. If this is silly talk to you, can I encourage you plainly that it's foolishness to believe in the Holy Spirit but not evil spirits? Amen. That's right. So we believe in God but not the devil? You believe in light but not darkness? Look with me at Ephesians 6 and I'll begin in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord... And in the strength of His might. How's your walk today? Are you strong in the Lord? Be strong in the Lord. And in whose strength? In the strength of His might. Trying to stand and walk in your own strength and in your own way is exhausting. Exhausting. I've spent a lot of days and a lot of weeks and a lot of time in my life striving in my own strength and trying to conjure something up when what God was looking for was surrender. Jesus is after our yes this morning. That's why He prompted three different people to come and share the same message. See, what if your weariness, which was prophesied, has to do with struggling in your own strength? And if we would release it to the Lord... How about releasing control of our lives to the Lord? Did you know that control itself is an illusion? We're all one heartbeat away, one stop from you're dead. And immediately you're standing before the Lord. And you're only going to go to one of two places. There's no purgatory, by the way. Sorry if the Catholic Church fooled you. It's not in the Bible. You either go to heaven or to hell. You either go into the presence of God, where there's life eternal and blessing unimaginable and things that are too lofty for words, or you go where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, where there's outer darkness, where there's an unquenchable fire and torment forever. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We have to learn to put on the armor of God. Let's keep reading. Verse 11 Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm. Would you say stand firm? against the schemes of the devil. See, we do so much talking in the church about God's plan for my life, but I want to acknowledge and expose today that God has a plan for your life, but so does the devil. And some of us have partnered with the devil, and we're actually fulfilling His plan for our lives. Which is anything less than all in full total surrender to Christ Jesus. See, the American church has preached Jesus as Savior, but you can't have Him as Savior and not as Lord. If Christ is not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. You know how many millionaires pitch in $100 or $5 into the offering plate and sing songs about Jesus has my life? Do you know that God owns everything? If there's something in your life that God can't put His finger on and say, give this to me, then it's an idol then we're in active idolatry. God, I'll never give up this. There's your God. Would you believe me if I said that I have no desire to pastor or preach or to plant a church? Zero. I want you to look through the hole in my hands at my face. I'm telling you the truth. But a long time ago, God began to deal with me and, and speak to me about what He wanted from me. Some of us need to give up our destiny, right. our purpose. Oh, oh Lord, here, no, Father, here's my life. What do you want me to be doing? Where do you want me to be working? How do you want me to be acting in my life so that I can give you maximum glory? Yes. Because if you've been purchased by Jesus and you're a bond slave to Him, then you give up your rights. We are Americans. We love our rights. Don't tread on me. And here comes Jesus saying, I want all of you. What is the one thing that our brothers are prophesying to us about? What are you unwilling to give up? How about the rich young ruler who appears before the Lord and he says, I'm doing all the commandments. I'm I'm fulfilling all these things. And Jesus says, but there's one thing that you lack. Go and sell everything you have. And it says that he leaves Jesus. He's discouraged. What is your one thing that you can't give up? Perhaps it's your will. Perhaps it's pornography. Perhaps it's an alcohol addiction. Perhaps it's darkness that you've partnered with that nobody knows about. Do you know that Romans 2 says that on the day of judgment, the secrets of men and women will be revealed? Oh, it's better to get rid of your secrets now. John chapter 3 says that people hate the light because they don't want their deeds exposed. Are you with me this morning? So put on the full armor of God and stand firm. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and powers against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. What a statement. Why does he have to clarify that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood? Because it most often looks like flesh and blood. It looks like people getting stirred up. I'm telling you, we've got people here that call this place home. That when they started living for Jesus, their saved family came out of the woodwork to try to talk them out of full surrender to Christ. When they were living in the world, when they were drinking and sinning and living for the devil, nobody said anything. But then they started to give their all to Jesus. And here comes Uncle Bobby and Grandma Susie to tell you, you're doing it wrong or you need to chill out. Just take it easy. Do you know that's the voice of the enemy through even your family that would tell you, just calm down. Just take it easy. Just relax. This is what I call Lucifer's lullaby. It just puts you to sleep. You just sleepwalk through your life and you sleepwalk right into hell. The ultimate deception is when you think you're right with God, but really you're not. When your life is displeasing and a stench in the nostrils of God, but you walk around talking about Jesus. Jesus says in Matthew fifteen eight. That they worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. God's not really interested in all this. Anybody can sing a worship song, but where's your heart? Where's your obedience? Where's your money? How do you spend your time? What are you invested in? I felt like the Lord wanted us to do this as a congregation. But I want you, if you have a phone, specifically if you have an iPhone, And I'm going to need some help doing this, but we're going to look at our screen time right now. And I'm going to ask Nick to help me because I don't know how to do this. Get out your phone. Go to your settings. Whoa! You can search screen time. Settings, go down five, and then what? Okay. All right, does anyone want to call theirs out? <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do that, okay? I'm really not trying to shame anybody. I'm just trying to be obedient to the Lord. Guys, here, here we are. Fat, happy, wealthy Americans. And we don't have time for God. Can I? Can, I'm just going to go there. I know you guys are used to me beating around the bush. <laughs> why is church in America exactly one hour? You ever thought about that? Why is basically every place you go as much of a tight time frame as it can possibly be? You know why? We have somewhere else to be. We have something more important to do. See, when God begins to break in and He begins to move in people's hearts, you know why there's not a clock in here? Because this fellowship is ruled by Christ, not run by the clock. (laughs) I love what my brother Jeremiah says. That the clock has killed more Moves of the Holy Spirit than demons ever could. You feel that tension, God begins to move, and we're like, oh, I got, I, I got somewhere else to be. The Colts kick at one. I'm telling you, the church goes through seasons. It's called football season. And I love football, by the way. Go, Canes. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I love you, Greg. (laughs) Having more national championships isn't that bad. There's something in us that desires to be entertained. Let's acknowledge something else. Entertainment is an idol in this nation. We are addicted to being entertained. That's why our screen time, that's why, as I, I go to the gym, I know it's a real miracle. <laughs> but I go to the gym and we are, you got people that they're on the treadmill and they're just watching a movie. <laughs> It's like walking or running or exercising isn't good enough anymore. I got to watch something. I got to do something. I got to constantly be. And look, if you're feeding your spirit man, if you're investing in your spiritual life, if you're consuming podcasts and audiobooks that are going to build you up in your faith, praise the Lord. But we have a habit of making time for Netflix without making time for the God of the universe. And we don't put on the armor of God, we're completely defenseless to what is coming and what is assailing our lives. You have people that are struggling so badly in their walk with God. They're afflicted, they're infirmed, they're absolutely depressed through and through, but they don't have time for the Word of God. One of the biggest mistakes that I have made in my ministry is trying to spend time with people that don't spend time with God. Can I tell you how absolutely fruitless that has proved to be in my life? So I had a shift in my discipleship. I started asking people, what's your time with the Lord like? Like first, from the jump. Because if you aren't talking to Him, there ain't nothing that I can say to you that's going to help you. If you don't have your own walk, I can't help you. I'm just walking with a limp trying to get there myself. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness in high places, because there are principalities and powers and legions of demons that want to swallow you up. That want to put you to sleep. If they can't knock you out, they will wear you out. Word of God says, do not grow weary in doing good. But God will reward you at the proper time. So to the spirit, not to the flesh. Are you with me? Let's keep reading. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. Do you know that it's an evil day? The moral climate of this nation is sinking right into the pit of hell. Can't wait to see what we legalize next. And having done everything to what? Stand firm. Stand firm, therefore having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the gospel of peace, take up the shield of faith which is able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. Verse 17, And put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, You're supposed to pray in the Holy Spirit. It's a part of the armor of God. I'm telling you, don't forbid yourself to speak in tongues because you think it's weird. I don't understand why this is such a stretch for so many people. When you're already putting your faith in a Jewish man who died 2,000 years ago on a cross, you actually believe that his sacrifice and his shed blood is enough to save you, but a little bit of babble makes you go crazy. We're that proud. Well, i got to understand it. Well, i got to be able to analyze it. You can get paralysis by analysis in your spiritual life and it's self-inflicted. Stop analyzing and start praying. Some of us need to put this into practice. Ready? Less thinking, more praying. Give it to the Lord. Pray in the Spirit and pray on my behalf, verse 19, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. One more place, Revelation 12. And I want to tell you what you're going to have to fight for. Are you ready? I want you to write down these four things. You're going to have to fight for it. Number one is your focus. Focus. Number two is your freedom. Number three is your faith. And number four is your family. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to fight for your focus, number one. Number two, for your freedom. Number three, for your faith. Number four, for your family. You're going to have to fight for these things. Otherwise, they will surely... Slip away from you. Right now, the enemy is firing missiles at you. Do you have the shield of faith? Do you have on the armor of God? Do you have the belt of truth that is around your waist to keep your big boy pants on? Let me try this side over here. Without the armor of God, you are defenseless and you will get slaughtered in this war. You're going to have to fight for your focus. Why? Because we live in a distracted time. How is it that the Bible is more available than it's ever been? We have more ease of access and more Ways to access the Bible than ever before. And we are raising the most biblically illiterate generation that's existed yet. We don't search the word of God when people preach anymore. We just take it hook, line, and sinker, whatever they say. I challenge you, you take everything that gets said in these meetings in a public way and you take it to the Word of God. And if you can't base it and found it and back it in His Word, then please come talk to us and we will repent. But if it's in the Word of God, I want it. If it's true, I want it real in my life. If it's available, then I want to see it come to pass. Amen? Revelation 12 In verse 7, you're going to have to fight for your focus. You're going to have to fight for your faith. Anybody ever been in a valley before? I'm telling you, just submit. Just surrender. Just start saying, Lord, your ways are higher. Your ways are better. Your thoughts are higher than mine. I don't understand it, but I trust that you're looking at the full deck. You're seeing the panoramic picture. Because valleys are where the river of God runs. We all want to live on the mountaintop, but life doesn't work that way. There are mountains and there are valleys, and there's the God who's faithful through them all. You're going to have to fight for your focus. You're going to have to fight for your faith. You're going to have to fight for your family. I want to tell you something. If you're a parent of young children in this room, if you're a parent of those that are going through school, the enemy is putting a bullseye on your children's backs. The things that children are exposed to. We're talking about seven, year old kids that are already addicted to pornography that have already seen all kinds of forms of perversion and filth. And here's the American church trying not to hurt anybody's feelings. We're not helping anyone by shying away from the truth. Did you know that trying not to offend someone for the sake of the gospel is actually giving in to the spirit of offense? The devil's already got you checkmate. You just shut your mouth. You just be quiet. Can I tell you something? That the truth will always feel like hatred to those who do not want to change. No matter how lovingly you say it. I have tried to be as gracious, as loving, as merciful. But I've come into people's lives and said, here's the truth of the word of God. And oh, it turns and you're a this and you're a that. It's a blessing to be called names for Jesus. Jesus says, rejoice and be glad when people persecute you. Did you know he says in Luke 6, 26, woe to you when all men speak well of you? Perhaps the idol in our lives is that we want to be liked by everybody. Because our reputation is our God. I'll spare you. You're going to have to fight for your family. I was reading an article released yesterday. Of a 17-year-old kid. See, here's what grips me. In the previous generation, you had to go seek darkness out. Can I tell you that in this day and this hour, darkness is seeking us out? About twice a week, I get texts on my phone from random numbers that are links to pornographic websites. I have no idea... My life is clean before the Lord. There's no immorality in my life. I have no idea why they're contacting me other than I've been marked. Because they know what I'm about. I get messages, I get all kinds of inboxes. Because there's a real war and there's a real fight that's going on. You can be walking with God and yet you're one click away. Just like that, in a matter of 10 seconds, you can be swept into all kinds of disease. And darkness begins to swallow up your heart and the conviction of God begins to wane. And then we begin to justify our sin and say, it's not that bad. We begin to minimize things that are offensive to God. See, the church has made such a great mistake where we've built our meetings around not offending people when they're supposed to be built for God around let's not offend the Lord. I take very seriously that we're going to stand and we're going to give an account to God, I'm going to stand before Jesus and Jesus, the head of the church, is going to say, Paul, why did you do things the way that you did them? And I'm going to have to say, Lord, it was because of this and because of that. Oh, I pray that my answers are founded in his word. Well, we were catering to culture. We were trying not. Well, does any of that hold the test of time? No. No. Revelation 7. Oh, where was I? I was reading that article. Thank you for being gracious. Some people would call this winging it, we call it leaning into the Holy Spirit. 17 yeah. year old kid gets a message on his phone. It's an explicit message of a female that begins to invite him to interact. And he ends up sending an explicit image of himself in return. And the next thing you know, he's hooked by scammers. And they're telling him if you don't wire us $5,000, we're going to expose you. And we're going to post this image that you've sent to us of yourself. And we're going to send it to all your friends and all your family. And this 17 year old boy begins to panic. Because he's caught in a trap. He talks them all the way down. I don't have any money. He gives them $150 out of his savings account for college. And they say that's not enough. We want more money. And that night he commits suicide. This article, I just read it last night, May 21st. Darkness is coming for your family. Darkness is coming for your children. Darkness is coming to snuff out the life of God in you. You used to have to go seek it out. Now it's going to seek you out. What is your response going to be when immorality and perversion and carnality and entertainment come knocking on the door of your heart? Or how about when the enemy just comes to invite you to grumble and complain and feel sorry for yourself? I had a dream recently. And the the doorbell rang in this dream. Bing bong. And in my spirit, while the doorbell rings, bing bong, I hear grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining. Bing bong. Bing (laughs) bong. Some of you can do a better doorbell. God bless you. I'm just up here having fun. (laughs) We started in our living room, okay? There's, there's nothing I can say. There's no grand poo-bah that I have to report to. It's just the Lord Jesus, amen? We're accountable to God, accountable to others in this fellowship, in this church. We don't have anybody taking attendance. We don't have anybody running numbers. We're just here to serve the Lord. How freeing and how liberating is that? Hoot, it's Jesus calling. Make sure you take it. <laughs> it's scammers. Get rid of your phone. <laughs> The doorbell rings in the dream, grumbling and complaining. That is an entry point into darkness. When we begin to get a bad attitude, when we begin to grumble and complain and grovel, in the Old Testament they were called the rabble of the Israelites. Rumbling, grumbling, complaining, whining. And God says through Moses, why have you spurned me? God takes our complaints and our grumbling seriously and personally. It's important that we maintain a heart of health and a good attitude of gratitude where we're giving thanks to the Lord for all he's doing. Because again, you're going to have to fight for your focus. You're going through a difficult time. I'm not saying you deny the reality of your situation, but you're going to have to dig down deep into your faith and continue to trust the Lord through testing and through trial. You're going to have to continue to bless His name even when everything inside of you is screaming to do the opposite. That's what real faith is. Real faith endures. Real faith perseveres. Faith gets perfected through the testings and sufferings of life. Revelation 7. Sorry, Revelation 12. My apologies. Verse 7. Revelation 12, 7. And there was war in heaven. Does your Bible say war in heaven? I was gripped by this. There was war in heaven. There's war on the earth. There's war in heaven. There's spiritual warfare that's going on all the time. Why am I having these intruding thoughts? Why can I not stop thinking about X, Y, and Z? Because the enemy is coming and God is working within you and there's a great fight going on internally. Whatever you want in your life to die, starve. Whatever you want to grow, feed. If you want your hunger for God to grow, you're going to have to feed that through the Word of God, through prayer, through fasting. If your attention span is minimal, you're going to have to break away from entertainment and say, God, I don't want to be entertained. I want to be fascinated. Where has the awe and wonder in the church of Jesus Christ gone? Are you fascinated with Jesus? Are you gripped by the work of the cross? Can you witness to someone in power of what God has done in your life and through his son Jesus? There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. This is good and evil, light and darkness, in active warfare. And the dragon. And his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old who is called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Did you notice who deceives the whole world? The devil? Satan? The dragon deceives the whole world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. He deceives the whole world. as angels were thrown down with him. Verse 10, John says, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren. Would you say accuser? The accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them before our God day and night. Can I tell you something? Accusation is from the pit of hell. When we begin to accuse our brothers and our sisters, we are partnering with demonic legions that we can't even imagine. We begin to open the door, ding dong, for the enemy to come in and to use us. He wants to make you his mouthpiece. Do you know why churches split? Do you know why families fall apart? Do you know why marriages crumble? Because the enemy works through uncrucified flesh. That's worth writing down. The devil works through uncrucified flesh. This is not a big mystery. I've never heard a story of somebody with a, a red, red horns and a cape and a, a pitchfork that showed up and said, you guys go over here and you guys go over here. <laughs> Split the church. It's because people start whispering, start talking, start grumbling, start complaining, start accusing. We step out of love and we get into accusation and slander and believing the worst rather than giving the benefit of the doubt. The accuser of the brethren has been dealt with. Do not listen to the lies of accusation. Can I give you an encouragement of something that's really, really healthy? Daniel and Brittany, would you stand up? Daniel and Brittany are deacons here. They're married. They're about to have their fourth child. Hallelujah. So I want to introduce you. Let's have you come up here. Daniel, you stand here. Brittany, stand here. Whatever, it doesn't matter. (laughs) All right, now do the dozy do (laughs) Okay, here you go. You ready? This is called triangling. And this is a no-no. Daniel has an issue with Brittany. And Daniel comes to me and starts trashing his wife to me. He would never do that, by the way. This is why this is a good example. (laughs) Because these two love each other. But he starts, he starts grumbling. He starts complaining. He starts, and all of a sudden, he brings me into it when I don't belong in it. Pretend they're not married for a second. Healthy relationship says, hey, you need to go have a conversation with you. Why are you talking to me? Listen, you ever been to a, to a barber shop, a bar? What are people doing? Yapping about other people that ain't in the room. The world thrives on gossip, loves all this stuff. We feast on it. We love to consume the flesh and failures of other people because we're proud and we're insecure. So healthy relationships says, hey, we're not going to create a triangle here. I'm going to point you back to you. And you guys need to have a conversation. And if you can't work it out, perhaps we could mediate in a way that's healthy. But when you start, you need to immediately question your motives if you begin to talk ill of someone who's not present. guys can sit down. Thank you. Don't let anybody triangle you. Why is this related to accusation? Because you can become a safe place to harbor accusation. You can begin to let people bring you into their swirl, they bring you into their dysfunction, they bring you into their mess, and all of a sudden you've got a fog and a haze going on because somebody else started talking to you and you entertained a conversation that you never should have had. Does that make sense? There's no potential church split going on. I'm not aware of anybody who's mad at anybody, but we've got to teach and preach this stuff so that this house can be healthy. So that this church can stand the test of time and be here 50 years from now. Verse 11. And they overcame him. Who are they? They're the saints. They overcame him. Who's him? the accuser of the brethren. They overcame him, the devil, because of the blood of the Lamb, because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. Do you want to overcome the enemy? Don't love your life even unto death. How do we overcome the work of the accuser of the brethren? By the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we cannot love our lives unto death. You begin, when, when the enemy reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. You begin to prophesy to him of everything that Jesus is going to do to him. Hey, your day is coming. You leave me alone. I'm going to submit myself to God, resist you, and you must flee if you are under attack, if there is warfare going on, cry out to Jesus. Begin to get wise counsel in your life and say, would you pray with me? Would you contend with me? I want to walk the way of Jesus. I want to choose. I want to make the right choices. I want to stay on the narrow path that leads to life. God wants to hem you in through your brothers, through your sisters. I felt led of the Lord And I'm going to use this and allow this to play. But there's a man named David Wilkerson. How many of you have ever heard of Teen Challenge? David Wilkerson founded Teen Challenge. He wrote many great books like The Cross and The Switchblade. David Wilkerson, this is interesting. I'm going to play something for you. But I want want you to know this. David Wilkerson said to Mike Evans in 1986, I see a plague coming on the world and the bars, churches, and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and back into their Bibles. Repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit, and out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. Does that sound like COVID-19 to you? The government shut down. New York City got rocked. And prayerless believers were forced back into their Bibles. COVID-19 was just a tremor. I want to encourage you that if you ducked when the devil wasn't swinging in 2020 to stand firm in your faith because there's greater shaking that's coming to this nation. There's deeper testing that's happening to this church and to the American church and the global church and we need to get ready. We need to repent for our idolatry our perversion and we need to get back to loving God and loving His word and worshiping and praying and doing the things that Jesus has asked us to do until he returns so I want this to play By David Wilkerson. It's just a few minutes. I'm just asking that you would focus. I think the words will be up on the screen. But I want you to take this message to heart. And here's what we're going to do before it plays. I'm going to move this table. And when this video concludes, if you feel stirred by the Lord to come into these altars, to pray, to repent, to intercede, perhaps to travail... I want you to know that this is a safe place, but I believe that this word, it's just a couple minutes long, is going to stir something in you. It's going to awaken. It's going to shake in. It's going to do something inside of your spirit, man. And I just want you to respond and to be obedient to the Lord. And if you need to go, God bless you. Have a great day. We love you. Let's play this video.
1: And I look at the whole religious scene today and all I see are the inventions and ministries of man and flesh. It's mostly powerless. It has no impact on the world. And I see more of the world coming into the church and impacting the church rather than the church impacting the world. I see the music taking over the house of God. I see entertainment taking over the house of God. An obsession with entertainment in God's house. A hatred of correction and a hatred of reproof. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. Whatever happened to anguish in the house of God? Whatever happened to anguish in the ministry? It's a word you don't hear in this pampered age. You don't hear it. Anguish means extreme pain and distress. The emotion so stirred that it becomes painful, acute, deeply felt inner pain because of conditions about you, in you or around you. Anguish, deep pain, deep sorrow, agony of God's heart. We've held on to our religious rhetoric and our revival talk, but we've become so passive All true passion is born out of anguish. All true passion for Christ comes out of a baptism of anguish. You search the scripture and you find that when God determined to recover a ruined situation, he would share his own anguish for what God saw happening to his church and to his people And he would find a praying man and he would take that man and literally baptize him in anguish you find it in the book of nehemiah jerusalem is in ruins how is god going to deal with this how is god going to restore the ruin now folks look at me nehemiah was not a preacher he was a career man but this was a praying man and god found a man who would not just have a flash of emotion, not just some great sudden burst of concern and then let it die. He said, no, I broke down and I wept and I mourned and I fasted and then I began to pray night and day. Why didn't these other men, why didn't they have an answer? Why didn't God use them in restoration? Why didn't they have a word? Because there was no sign of anguish, no weeping, not a word of prayer. It's all ruined. Does it matter to you today? Does it matter to you at all that God's spiritual Jerusalem, the church, is now married to the world? That there's such a coldness sweeping the land closer than that? Does it matter about the Jerusalem that's in our own hearts? The sign of ruin that's slowly draining spiritual power and passion? Blind to lukewarmness? Blind to the mixture that's creeping in? That's all the devil wants to do is get the fight out of you and kill it. So you won't labor in prayer anymore. You won't weep before God anymore. You can sit and watch television and your family go to hell. Let me ask you, is, is what I just said convicted you at all? There's a great difference between anguish and concern. Concern is something that you, the biggest interest you. You take an interest in a project or a cause or a concern or a need. I'm tell you something I've learned over all my years, 50 years of preaching. If it is not born in anguish, if it has not been born by the Holy Spirit, where when you saw and heard of the ruin that drove you to your knees, took you down into a baptism of anguish where you began to pray and seek God. I know now, oh my God, do I know it. Until I'm in agony. <laughs> Until I have been anguished over it. And all our projects, all our ministries, everything we do, where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know are not hearing and they're going to hell? You see, a true prayer life begins at the place of anguish. You see if you you set your heart to pray God's going to come and start sharing your heart his heart with you Your heart begins to cry out. Oh God. Your name is being blasphemed the Holy Spirit's being mocked The enemy is out trying to destroy the testimony of the Lord's faithfulness and something has to be done There's gonna be no renewal no revival no awakening until we're willing to let him once again break us Folks, it's getting late and it's getting serious. Please don't tell me. Don't tell me you're concerned when you're spending hours in front of internet or television. Come on. Lord, there's so need to get this altar and confess. I am not what I was. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. God, I don't have your heart or your burden. I've been, I wanted it easy. This won't be happy. Lord true joy comes true joy comes out of anguish there's nothing of the flesh will give you joy I don't care how much money I don't care what kind of new house there is absolutely nothing physical could give you joy it's only what is accomplished by the Holy Spirit when you obey him and take on his heart build the walls around your family build the walls around your own heart Make you strong and impregnable against the enemy. God, that's what we desire. Just want to
0: invite you forward. God in these altars they're open we love you God bless you I believe there's a deep work that God's desiring to do this morning Father come and deal with the indifference in our hearts God forgive us for not caring we ask you Lord that you would share your heart with us today Father we want to burn for you We want our lives to be pleasing to You. God, forgive us for playing games. Forgive us, Father, for giving You lip service. When You just want our hearts, You want our yes. Father, would You make us obedient? Would You humble us and break us once again? Lord, we cry out for our city, for our nation. We cry out on behalf of the global church that You would move in power once again today renew in us a clean heart and a right spirit